0: Good morning, everybody. Today, today, we'll be learning I'm laughing because Andrew reminded me that today is March 17th, which for you in Ireland, that might mean something. We can't figure, I can't figure it out if it does. Also, Andrew's had a rough day. I want to give you a bracha, Andrew. Uh, not a rough day, a rough week. You had a lot going on, and may your Messir Snefesh to continue and always be a rock of stability for us, be repaid with health, and uh, Nachas, and all the Barchas and Gashmas and Ruchnias, they're in. Okay, now, and let's keep going. So, eight lines up from the bottom, and then Bezam and Bez. Boy Rami Baruchama. We're in trouble, Andrew, because whenever Rami Baruchama, Shir Schmidtman's PhD topic, uh, whenever he's there, he's very sharp. It's a little early in the morning for Rami Baruchama, and it's been a rough week in that regard, also. We have these. Issues of are the skull and spine uh, of a different nature in terms of their potency to be metame than the rest of the bones in the body, right? Our Mishnah uh, at the beginning of our Perik that we're still kind of dissecting and, and kicking around is talking about the different shiurim of different bones and remains of a Tumas Mace, right? That would impart um, the Tuma and don't forget, there are different thresholds, right? We talked about a revius. We talked about uh, a kav, or a, ch- a kav, right? Or a quarter of a kav. We talked about the amount of tuma that would require to be metame a person, let's say metame a kohen, or metame anyone, or the amount that would trigger the tuma of a nazir, which is a higher threshold, which is to say there are... Right, uh, certain amounts of tuma that would make you tame, but would not require a nazir to go through the whole purification process and be so so the days before and go through the uh, shaving of the head and the bringing of the karbanas. So we, we talked about some of those details, but now Rami Barhama, as he always does, is going to force us to really zero in because he's very sharp. So let's see what he asks. He wants to know like this Rova at Somas Min Shedra Gogols Mai. He wants to know if Shedra and Gogolis are fundamentally different because normally in order to, for Nazir, right, to have to be triggered with a, uh, right, and, and um, start his whole tumour purification process, he would require a chati, chati kav, not a rova. The question is, that's of regular bones. Are the shedran and Gugolas so much more potent that they would only require a rova atzamos? It's not entirely clear in our Mishnah. As, the question, as he develops the question, he asks it as follows. Kikitani The Mishnah says that a chatzikav, right, a double of a rova is necessary to make the Nazar have to shave his head. We'll just keep calling it shaving his head and we'll know that that refers to the entire purification process. When it says that a chatzikav is necessary for that, Hecha ha aval min shedra to chamiri afilu rova samos right? Is it possible that this chatzikav that would trigger the shaving of the head for the nazir would be only when it's talking about the other bones? But shedra and are chamiri. Shedra and we have evidence of that in... Uh, it, it, right, and the fact that we were just talking about spine and skull for the last two days, and we see that it's possible that spine and skull are fundamentally more potent in terms of toma right? And we can talk about all the refashim, talk about that, but just right, just balabate, as we say, you know, you can understand that they are more fundamental to the. A skeleton or the corpse than the rest of the bones will keep it at that. And therefore, perhaps that is why they're more potent. So, is it possible, asks Rami Brahama, that if it's part of skull and bone matter, that you would only need a rovakov as opposed to a o Odil, maloshna. Or maybe there's no difference. Maybe bone is bone, Andrew. And therefore, even if it were from skull and spine, you would need a chazikov. That's the question Rami Brahma wants to know. So, Rava, a genius in his own right, the great Rava, takes a stab at it. Amarava, Tashma. Let's see our Mishnah. What does our Mishnah say? So we have to know our Mishnah well. Our Mishnah says, HaShedra Vagul What he's saying is is like this, that a spine and skull are always going to have at least a quarter cove of bone. And Shedra and Gulgulis are mentioned as something that is going to be triggering the shaving of the Nazir in our Mishnah. So Ravah wants to say like this. If you're going to say that Shedron and Gugolis would require a lesser shear in order to trigger the hair, the hair shave, then bottom line is the Mishnah should have said so. The Mishnah should have said so. The fact that the Mishnah didn't mention this unique, right, shear, that would be special and unique to spine and, and, and skull seems to imply that bone is bone. It seems to imply that bone is bone. That's what he wants to say, right, okay. Um, and therefore, the fact that it doesn't mention it, right, right, so again, so, so therefore, maybe that is, right, maybe that's what it means because the mission didn't say it. Maybe um, we can't assume, right, and deduce what Rami B'cham is implying that the shear would be different for the skull and spine. Okay. However, the Gemara asks, as we arrive at Ngimal, and Al, hu the Gemara is going to say, Rava is really not the guy who should be making this point. Why? Because Rava himself was the one who said, Lo ben Ravah atzamos. In other words, Rava himself was the one that held that Shedru is, in fact Right? What Rami Barakama was getting at, in a sense, uh, is something that Rava himself holds. And we'll see, Andrew, that there's a lot of machloks in here. Our Mishnah is reflecting of, as we will see, there was an ancient machlokas about this. And our Mishnah is reflecting one of the shitas. So they're all kind of floating out there. Uh, And so when our Mishnah uh, is saying Shedrava Vagulgolis, it's kind of ambiguous, honestly. So, but it's funny, says the Gemara, that Ravva himself will be the one that would tell you that, you know what, our Mishnah didn't specify that Shadrugul Gullis would have a smaller shear in order to trigger the hair shave. And therefore, it's probable that it is not a different shear where when, in fact, Ravva himself is the one that holds that spine and skull have a different shear and have a smaller threshold in order to trigger this hair shave. So it is indeed perplexing that rubber would be the one that that would think that okay, so therefore, uh, our Mishnah says, "Basodishma mi Rabbi Akiva," an unbelievable answer. Our Gemara answers. I said our Mishnah. I meant our Gemara. Our Gemara answers that in fact, this is a good point that Rava himself held that it's triggered by a smaller amount, but that was when he was younger. This is an unbelievable thing, Andrew, the Geronowitz Moser moment that even if you're great as Reva, perhaps part of his greatness was that he was always working and thinking and always reconsidering, right? And so in so doing, he actually changed his mind and came around to the sheet of Rebbe Akiva, whereas previously he had held that the Shedra and Gugolas in fact, are more potent than the rest of the bones and therefore require only a revakav, not a chatzikav, in order to be Matame, and trigger the right hair shave, now, later in life, he came around to the Shita of Rabbi Akiva that in fact they are more potent, and they only require. Uh, right, I'm sorry. And then he came around to the fact that that um, this last statement, uh, right. So one of the statement was made. Which, which, which the question is, which one? I think Rabbi Akiva is the one that's Machmir. Okay, so this later one, Rava may have been the 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 more. Recent one. The point is that he was of the opinion that of of I think Rabbi Kiva that, that it should be less than a Kordakov. and Rabbi Kiva taught him that it was not so. Right? Yeah. Rabbi Kiva told him that it, it, it would be too small. Um, no, it le- cannot be less. Right? The, the other way. Rabbi Kiva was that told him that it could be smaller and more potent still. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because Rabbi Kiva, was, we already said yesterday, it was mach, more, more machmir. Right, than the Chachamim on all of these issues. So, and one of those uh, aspects, the end of the six or the seven ways in which he was more Machmir than the Chachamim was, as we said, the skull and the spinal column. Our only question was, did he even mean skull and spinal column uh, apart, or did he mean sp- skull and spine together? But the point is, Rebekah was more Machmir. So Ravah used to be less Machmir, but when he, came, when he met this Shita, Right, when he studied and continued to learn in the base Medrash over and over again and was always re examining, uh so he realized that maybe skull and spine are indeed different. And so he changed his mind. And so that's the point. The point is that once you change your mind, Andrew, then you read the Mishnah differently. Because the Mishnah in fact is, as uh Rami Brahma points out, ambiguous. Right? It just says, I'll al, uh, right, this is the Mishnah on Mem Beis. Bays, Velashedva, Val Gugolas, well Avermin well and we're going to discuss all of these ideas, but the point is that it, it's unclear what the shear of the rugolus would be. That's the point. And so that raises Rabbi bar question because Gugolis might be more potent and therefore the shear may not be the same shear as other bones. And so initially, Ravva thought it would have to be the same shear as other bones and the Mishnah was not uh, really necessarily uh, Uh, applying to a difference, right, Uh, implying a difference. And then he read the issue of Kiva and thought that maybe, in fact, now that he sees the whole sugya differently, maybe the Mishnah is, in fact, looking at it differently. And therefore, it is not unusual for him to have both of those opinions recorded. Very, I think that's fascinating, actually. Okay. So now three lines down and give them it off, right? Once Rava has no proof, we have to really dig into this question. Um what is spine and skull going to be? Different or not different? So let's look at what we learned on Nenbez and Tashma. The Braith had said, Shammai Omer Atzimacham Remember we just mentioned yesterday that Shammai and the way that he formulated his opinion, now this is the old man Shammai, after whom the famous yeshiva of Beis Shammai is named, and he said, right, the great Gadol, that even one bone from the Shedro Gulgolis would, in fact, be Matami. Now, we don't hold like that, and that's clearly not what our Mishnah holds like. But just the way that he said it makes it sound like Shedro Gulgolis is different, right? It makes it sound like they are more Chamar, the spine and skull. So the Gemara says, that's not really a proof, Shani de mach Metfei, as we said yesterday. that you know Obviously, Shammai, by saying that just a little piece of bone from them is going to be Matame, he's obviously not reflecting our Mishnah, and he's more a Machmir. And therefore, like, we can't really read too much into the fact that he's saying skull and spine because he's, you know, totally, um, the, his, his shita is so much more Machmir than us that we can't really learn anything from it um, with respect to what our, you know, halacha is going to be, right? However, the Gemara says, you could also say the opposite based off of his statement. So again, it's very subtle right now, Andrew. We're like looking into inferences and subtleties and trying to figure out if we can nail down a halacha. It's very hard because it's all very vague here. It says the Gemara, Maybe we could resolve the, from the b'risa in the opposite way. Maybe the reason the Chama is saying that only a, a, a small bone from the skull and spine is because he's very machmir. But according to their Rabanin, let's say, who don't say, right, either... Uh, either spine or skull, right? Maybe they think that they would only bring in combination. And maybe if they hold that, then they would only hold it, the Nazi has to shave his head if there's a Chatzikav. In other words, there's another thing in play here that Andrew, that's really yesterday's Suggia, which is, remember yesterday we had a long discussion about when we say spine and skull, do we mean that they have to be together or that they can be apart? so when Shammai makes a statement it's just one bone so obviously it's just one bone from each like a little bone fragment wouldn't be from both so he clearly holds that they could be apart they say oh well maybe that's fundamental to their machlokas maybe part of what Shammai is trying to say is that it could be skull and bones separated as opposed to the abundant hold that they Dafka, have to be together spun, uh, this skull and spine and if that's the case well skull and spine together that's probably a, a kav." And so maybe we could say an opposite inference. And from Shammai's Chumrah, we'll say, well, the Rabbanon are, in contrast, are going to hold that, Dafka, you need a Chatzikav. So you could take Shammai's statement, basically, and you can make the argument based off of that statement in both directions of Rabbi Barakhano's question, that it can be a, a revakav, or that Dafka has to be a Chatzikav when you're talking about skull and, and, and um, spine. So... Still not really ironing this, da- uh, nailing this down. So, and the Gemara says, well, even that argument. So both the argument and the counter-argument are not really clean, says the Gemara, because kan machad. maybe the machlokis is um, localized to this idea of whether just one little bone can, in fact, be matame, which be Shammai holds, but the Chachamim would disagree with. robots almost feel Modu. But maybe when it came to a robotsumos, maybe there, the Chachamim would, in fact be moda, that a robot almost from either a skull or a spine would be enough. So like Bichama made a very, very Chamer statement, right? Beichama said that just one bone would be. so that's clearly either skull or a spine. And the question is, how far did the rabbanon's contrasting opinion go? Did they say that, okay, one bone is that's just too too much to say that that would actually part Tuma. but we will agree with you still bechamai that if it's either spine or skull and you have a rova that it should be enough. Maybe that's their shita, Or are they fundamentally believing that it has to be spine and skull together? Like, we don't know, right? We'd like to think that the Machokis is as localized as possible. That's a Rabbi Saffer Shlita hallmark, right? You want to keep it as localized as possible. You don't want to necessarily say that it's um, global. But, on the other hand, we don't know. So, the, we're left with ambiguity, Andrew. I'm sorry to tell you that we haven't nailed it down. Now, as we move on, I mentioned that there was an ancient three-way machlokas, right? Okay, there's a mishnah Olos in the second parak, and that mishnah talks about tumah, and talks about the core the the reva kav of bones, and the revius of blood. Okay, and it talks about over there um, a rova kav of bones. Whereas our mission talks about what needs to be metame is a chazikava bones. Okay. So now we're going to go back to an ancient machlokas as has been described in the art scroll. And we're going to see if we could superimpose that machlokas and figure out who in that machlokas is the source of our mission is unique right, Shita, and maybe that'll help us understand our mission better. So here we go. I mean, we've got to do the hard work, Andrew, and as fate would have it, it's Erev Shabbos, we're exhausted from a long week, and so we get extra schar. Off we go. I'm a rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer says, That's where we get the idea that this is, in fact, an ancient machlokas. The elders held, The elders held, so some of them used to say the following. When it comes to what is, has the potency to impart Tumas Ohel, okay, specifically Tumas Ohel. Don't forget, Andrew, uh, that's another distinction, right? Tumas Ohel versus Masa Maga. we've already seen this. So what would require, what, what kind, how much bone would be required to impart Tumas Ohel? Don't forget, it's a mission in Ohelos, Andrew, so keep it together. Uh, shout out to Uncle Saul, my uncle, my only uncle in life who I love so much. Who learned all of Oholos uh, by accident because he thought it was going to be much cooler when he started for his Rav? So, shout out to him. Uh, I, sent, I sent him the art school, Mishnai's Oholos. He read it cover to cover. Can you imagine? Amazing. But he read it like a novel, that's what I'm saying. Like he read it through. I'm impressed. Okay. You have a half a kav of bones and a half a log of dam. And that would be the critical measure for all matters where you would have Tumas Ohel. Well, this is not what our Mishnah holds, right? We Our Mishnah holds a chatzikav of atzamos and a rov, and a reviyas log, right? So this is like the most el shita, that you would need a chatzikav of anything, like a chatzikav of atzamos and a chatsi log of dam in order to impart okay? And rov atzamos or dam lo lakol, right? So he holds that a this sheeta of Herbali of, Yadzer, um, or, these miktasan, I should say, holds that Erevias would never impart any, of dam would never impart any Tumas Ohel. It's amazing. Um Miktsasson Right? And when they say for anything, they mean, right, that, that's Keneged, Aramishnah, obviously, as we just described. Okay. Uh, and by the way, when they say anything, they mean Tumas Ohel, uh, triggering the Nazir to shave, as we'll see. Our Mishnah, as you might recall, makes such a distinction. So anyways, that's that's the most mechal shita. Fine. Some of them are going to say, Right? Some are going to say, the most machmir shita, as it were, that you need, which is like our Mishnah, but you also would need only a rova of atzamos, of any kind of atzamos, to trigger anything. Even shaving of a Nazir's head could be triggered by only a rova of atzamos. Very good. And then the Bezdin Shila right? So that was the Kadmon, as it were. That was the ancient elders. But then the Bezdin Shalach in Namru, and these are more definitive, you would think, right? Because we know that Allah Kabasrai. So the later Bezdin is going to be more like our Mishnah. That they came together and they split the difference. They said, Chatzikav So when it comes to bone matter, you would require a Chatzikav in order to trigger the haircut of the Nazir. Whereas Lakol, right? Whereas, when it comes to a chatzilog, also damlakol, so wait a minute, so it sounds initially like the that it's only, uh, that uh, it would require a full chatzilog in order to trigger anything, uh, whereas our Mishnah had said a rova, but here is where they make the distinction. We keep going, and we read, rova atzamo service when it comes to truma and that are more susceptible to tuma, this is all, this is all Tarshabal, panzer, Right? We're talking about Allah see over here. So when it comes to Robot Samos or Vis Truma is much more susceptible and therefore, whereas everything else would require a kav, which is double, or a chatzilog, which is double, We would only require a Vis or Robot Samos in order to be Matamat Truma or And furthermore, Avalo le Nazir Ose Right? But when it comes to a Nazir or an Ose Pesach, right, that would require the greater shear, right? You would you would require the chazi, right? The chazi log and the chazi kav. Why? Because presumably, and this is gets actually very detailed, but as we see on on oholos, and as we get. Uh, if you looked really granular into this, you would see that if you're at the, towards the end of your purification process of either being a nazir or preparing for the Korban Pesach, which is a daf yomi coincidence as we are uh, gearing up towards Pesach, Be'ezat Hashem, uh, you see that Chazal have a higher threshold to make you tombe. or Another way of saying it is, we have incentive to keep you tahor because this is a unique case where you've already been Teuvilled and you're waiting for the to hire, to hire process, right? This Tvul Yom type of scenario where you're almost there. And so because you're almost there, we're going to allow... Right, and because obviously there's so much subtlety in machlokas here, we're going to allow for that shear to be double in order to trigger you back into the Tumba status. If you're about to bring Korban Pesach or you're about to finish up your Nazirs. Unbelievable. This is really fascinating. So Mehdi. So wait, okay, okay. So that is, in fact, like our Mishnah, as we'll see, right? The fact that you can have some scenarios, because our Mishnah does have some scenarios where it's a chatzilog and a, ch- a kav, some scenarios where it's a reviz. So that's what our Mishnah is saying. Mechli, let's see. So the fact that our Mishnah, right, that will say that it's a Reva for some and a half for others, uh, the fact that it reflects the base of Shalachrayim, I had said previously that we go halacha ke but that's really like a misapplication of that idea. Because really, when it comes to, right, Tanaic material here, we don't automatically uh, assume like that, right? Why? Because what that means is like this. Whenever you have Tanaim arguing a point and you have, let's say, one Tana saying uh, Kula on one extreme and another Tana saying Chumra on the other extreme, when a third opinion comes in and just seems to be like a compromise, hybrid combo plan approach, we do not necessarily go like that. Why, Andrew? Because it's like, well, it sounds like a compromise. Right, and a compromise sometimes seems like a cop out. Like it's a compromise, maybe because you're trying to, right, appease both sides. But that's not usually machriya. Usually, we want to know, like, say what you really mean. What do you really believe in, Andrew? So the Gemara says, "Amr So therefore, it's unusual. Our Gemara is pointing out, in fact, unusual that our mission is reflecting this third cheetah. So Amr, right, which was like a hybrid in between, right? So that's a wishy washy kind of political shiita, it Sounds like so Amr so to speak, right? So Yeah, the reason why this shita is reflected in our Mishnah, another fascinating, fascinating concept, is not, because, is because it's not really a compromise. No, 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 no. Our Mishnah, just because it has uh, aspects that make it look like it's a compromise, our, is it's not, in fact, like a reflection of some sort of peace treaty, and therefore we came up with this, like, newfangled third way of approach, right, uh, lo- of looking at the problem that it, where it's a win-win and appease both sides. Um, shout out to Stephen Covey, right? Um, but, but the point is that that's not what our Mishnah is reflecting. As a matter of fact, our Mishnah was an old Sheita. It's an old tradition that was always there. It didn't come newfangled new out of necessity to appease both sides, no. It was always a third cheetah that's deeply ro- rooted. So much so that Mipnei Chagai Zechariah Malachi, there it is. It's an unbroken Tershah pe chain that goes all the way back to the Nevi'im, to the last of the Nevi'im. And so we see that that, that Tershah pe that was always there. And once you say that that has ancient roots, so that's already doesn't fall into the reason why in Achras right? That's already something that is deeply, deeply rooted, and it is for that reason that we say that just because our Mishnah sounds like a hybrid Shita, it, it still could be authoritative because, in fact, that hybrid Shita was not born out of compromise, but deeply rooted in the Nevi'im, all the way going back to Sinai. I'm getting inspired, Andrew. Okay, two dots, four lines up from the bottom. The Gemara is going to quote Al Elu Anazir Megaleach. Okay, so what's the issue here? Well, Al-Elu de limuta etzim Ha'etzim Kese'orah is going to say, wait a minute. It seems like the Mishnah is now being redundant. We already said. We said Al-Elu before, right? You have to look at the Mishnah on Rantessim Bays. The Mishnah says, Al-Elu Tumas anazir megaleach, and then at the end of the Mishnah, the Mishnah repeats the words, Al-Elu anazir megaleach. So why does it say it twice? That's what we want to know, okay? Well, Al Eilu, says, the Gemara, the the Alma maso in lo. That the first Al Eilu is to teach you that when it comes to a barley sized grain of bone, that would only be matame, as we've already learned, for touching and carrying, but not ohel, right? As Uncle Saul will tell you, you oil will not spread from that bone, right? Where it might spread by the other shearer, but not this barley sized thing. But to, to, not enough, not enough. So, Val de Desefa, when it says Val in the end of the Mishnah, it says, That's a different thing. That's Tumas Ohel. And to exclude a totally different thing, Evan As is like when it protrudes like branches on a tree. Like, what would you say? Like, you know, if you're under a fully tapped canopy, okay, or building, so certainly that's Metame Tumas Ohel. What would you say if it branches out like literally like these thin branches of a tree? like a sukkah, like, you know, chamasa meruba matzalasa, as it were, right? Where some of it is protruding and perhaps could impart to masoel, but some of it is just airspace. Would you say that standing under that would impart to masoel? We don't know. That's already a more subtle question. And so our of by saying al elu is trying to exclude something else. And it is that case that it's excluding. It's excluding the case of the protruding branch-like Glass-like, if you, were, if you want to say, um, aspects. Okay. Okay, now new topic, bottom, bottom line. Of, give him love, two dots. All right, now, the truth of the matter is, tomorrow, Shabbos Kodesh, there's another Mishnah. It looks like a new Mishnah, but it's really considered the Sefa of our Mishnah. Okay, so just so that actually, right, is already going to discuss similar ideas, and so now we're trying to get like this. The, what is this Reva kav of bones, right? We say that the, that, that, does, that, that can make you tame, but doesn't trigger the Nazir's shaving. So now the Gemara has to explain, right, how do we know they, that, that he doesn't shave for Tumas Ohel, but he does shave for direct Mago Masa for a quarter kav, right? The, the, the Mishnah is going to state this already tomorrow. So this is a little bit like we're up to coming attractions now. But the question is, again, this is like already, we started our day with Rabbi Bar Chama and we're still trying to get granular here. Why would it be that a Rovokavotzamos would trigger a hair shave for a Nazir by touching, but not by Ohel? You would need a Chatzika for oil. So, our, uh, as we turn to Gimel and Beis, we'll say this Chatzika Vatzamos in. Right when it comes to a chatzikav certainly the nazir is going to shave his head. Robots almost low, but robots not. Hechi dummy. What circumstance are we actually talking about? So here we're again fine tuning the shita. I lema de ispehu kisa kisa'ora. If you're going to say an ordinary case, right, where you have now again within that rovav the question is right, or within that chatzikav, what kind of bone matter are we talking about? Now we're really getting granular. You see, I, I keep saying this pun, but it's so early, and it's so in the morning, and so late in the week. Oh, there it is. Ah, oh, finally crinkled into a smile for crying out loud, Andrew. Thank you. We're getting granular because that's the question. What are we talking about? Fine granules of bone? Or are we talking about barley-sized? It matters. It matters, Andrew. Because if it's fine powder of bone, maybe that has a different shear. Can you imagine? This is how granular we're getting to try to figure this out. Hey, Chidami. If you're going to say, let's say bone pebbles, right? Well, that obviously is going to be Tame, Andrew, because bone pebbles themselves are going to be Matame, as per our Aramishna. The word Kemach is deeply rooted in there, right? You're talking about fine ground bone like flour. So there, maybe it would require a higher shear. Because bone powder and bone pellets, may be of different pot- potency. You can go into Mefarshim to dig up why that would be. But, but even for us, right, um, just amcha here, even we can understand that, it, that the two are not necessarily the same. That once it's ground to fine powder, maybe it has less potency. Uh, as we've seen already that a bone, once it's kasa'ora, it's more potent, fine. So now two dots, five lines down. Okay, this idea of the, whether there's enough flesh on the bone or not, whether that's necessary, right? Uh, that, that was quoted in our Mishnah. So, Question would be, right, the Mishnah quotes that the tumba would be imparted if they had enough flesh on them, as we said, to regenerate. But what would the halacha be if they don't have enough flesh and they're just the bone, they have a little bit of flesh? What will be the halacha? Is a Nazir going to have to shave his head if he touches or carries them? So that was actually Machlokas Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish, the famous Rabbi Yochanan Lakish. Go at it. Here we go. Rabbi Yochanan holds. Rabbi Yochanan Amar. Ain't a Nazir That no. That our Mishnah is very meduyak. When our Mishnah says it needs to have enough flesh karoi that's what it means. Otherwise, you don't have to shave. Whereas resh Lakish says a Nazir migaleich Rish Lakish says you do have to shave. Well, what's their source? We're going to go into the source now. Here we go. Why? The Hakatani Bereisha, he's going to be making an inference from our Mishnah. So I'll spare you the suspense. The Mishnah is ambiguous. We're trying to make subtle inferences here, what we call deyukim, and it's tough. You can see it both ways, so let's see it both ways. The Mishnah in the beginning said, al will and a mace from Aram andai." right That a limb from a mace or a chai, if they have enough flesh, right, karoi, to regenerate, shi'esh basar, karoi in, right? This is the most simple deuk you could make. <laughs> the Mishnah simply says that it needs to have enough basar karoi. So, avalein le'en lo. I mean, that's what I would have said. Why would the Mishnah otherwise mention it needs to have enough flesh to, to regenerate? If not to tell you that if it doesn't, it's not going to be matame. I agree with you, Riochran. What can I tell you? He sounds like he's making sense. Whereas, Roshim ben Lakishomer, Megaleyach, no. He's saying like this, that the next Mishnah that we haven't learned yet, which is why I'm biased towards Rabbi because I have not learned Nundalad yet. The Shimon is pointing out that the Mishnah in Nundalad, which is considered the continuation of our Mishnah, but sometimes that happens where it gets split up, midilokasani b'sefa. It's not mentioned at the end of the Mishnah. At the end of our Mishnah, which is to say the Mishnah in Nundalad that we haven't learned yet, lists sources where a Nazir does not shave. And yet, it doesn't say that the Nazar doesn't have to shave his head if there is not enough flesh. Now we're going to launch into a question where, a, again, we're going to these fundamentals. Does the absence of that case indicate, as Ray would suggest, that you can't make the inference in the opposite way? In other words, is this really a counter-argument, Ray says? Like, we we said that it needs to have enough flesh. Isn't that enough? Like the fact that we said in the, what we call the Resha, in our Mishnah that we had already learned, the fact that we said it needs to have enough flesh karoi shouldn't that be enough to make the diuk already, that you wouldn't have to repeat it? That's what I would have thought, like Rabbi Yochanan says. But apparently there's this thing where even if you could make an inference, a diuk, in, the, in one Mishnah, that does not necessarily mean that the Mishnah is not going to repeat it when it lists the cases where you don't have to Trigger the Nazir shaving in the, in, the, in the second Mishnah. It could be that the fact that it doesn't mention in the Sefer is, is contradicting the Resha, as Rish Lakas would suggest. That's amazing. So the Gemara now is getting into that. The Rabbi, Yochanan Amalach, Rabbi Yochanan is going to say, iklala, look, right. Rabbi Yochanan is simply saying what I would have thought. Uh, I don't know why I'm throwing myself into this in a but Rabbi Yochanan is saying what I would have thought, which is you made the Diuk in the, in the Mishnah in the beginning, and so now you know and that makes so much sense. The Mishnah is simply saying the rule that if it has enough, right, flesh generated on top, right, to regenerate on, on top of that, to attach to that bone, that that's what's matami. And so if it has less, obviously it's not matami. Why would you have to repeat that? That's what Riyachoran saying, right? Kol the right? Anything that you could have inferred in our Mishnah, lo katani You don't have to then repeat in the sefer. That's what I would have said. Okay, but the Gemara says, that's not so true. Because look at the ratio, and look at the Seifa and compare them. There are some diyukim that you could have made in the Rasha that are in fact repeated in the Seifa. Uh-oh, Andrew. We're in trouble. Here we go. The chatzikav atzamos. Right? In the, in, so we said in, the, in our Mishnah that in order to trigger the shaving of the Nazar's head, there needs to be a chatzikav atzamos to, right, to 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 demetai him um, by ohel. Well, you need a full chatzikav. Right? The mashma chatzikav atzamos in. Rova Atsamus low. That's mashma that, that a Rova Atsamus would not be enough. It certainly is mashma that. That seems to be the Kiddush of our Mishnah. However, despite the fact that we learned that Rova Atsamus would not impart to Masohel in, in the inference from our Rasha, the Kittani Besefer, Rova Atsamus. How do you like that? The Sefer still goes on and repeats it, meaning the Nandalit still repeats that a Rova Atsamus would not be. So how do, you, how do you answer that, Andrew? The fact that we made a diuk in the Rasha and we still feel it necessary to repeat it in the Sefa. Huh? So why don't we do so, right, with respect to anything else, right? Why don't we do that with respect to the bone that also has enough meat on it to regenerate? So the Gemara says, well, maybe that's different. Maybe there in the end of the Mishnah, if it had not said that a rovatsalmas is not going to be mitama, oh well, we would have thought that maybe a rovatsalmas would also not be Mithama in terms of touching and carrying. In other words, when it comes to robot samos, because of this distinction between carrying, touching, and being metameh, but oh hell, we have to be really careful to explain because we're confused enough as it is. So we have to really be uh, careful to explain both in the resha and in the Sefer what we really mean is the halacha, right? The ahal who the ahilan ahilanhu the ha'nazim megaleach, right? So we have to explain that this distinction between being mahel and it is only for with respect to tumas ohel that a rovakav is not enough, but with respect right and you would need a chatzika. But with respect to tumas magomasa, rovakav would be enough, and that's why we need both the reisha and the sefer. So that's not a good example for why for taking a diac from the reisha and repeating it in the sefer because that's a confusing enough topic where you really would need that. Okay. So then, v'halchati Okay, so then the Gemara says there is another area where the Rashi and the Sefer are making distinctions and then repeating the inferences. So, for example, our right, Right. So in our Mishnah, we said that that would obligate the Nazir to to shave. The in law Same inference as we make with respect to the bone. We're going to make with the blood. The Revis would not be enough. And yet, v'katani b'sefer is dam. And yet, the next Mishnah does repeat that that inference, so clearly, even though it's implied, you do repeat it in the Mishnah, so why don't we do it with the flesh on bone t- t- case? So says the Gemara, no. There we have to repeat it for a different reason. Why? Because there we have to explain that we don't hold like Rabbi Kiva, do Rabbi Kiva, because we know that Rabbi Kiva held that Rabbi Yislam Nazim Rabbi Kiva's shita was so powerful, look at, the, look at the power of Rabbi Kiva, we're so intimidated by his shita that we need to have a full uh, a Mishnah explaining that we dafka don't hold like him. Otherwise, who wouldn't hold like Rabbi Kiva? He's, he's the greatest. Rebbe Dom Nazir Megalech love. That when you have a Rebbe Dom, Rabbi Kiva holds it, and Nazir does, in fact, uh, have to be Megalech. And it is for that reason that we have to clarify that that's not what we hold like in the safe for that Mishnah. Now, 11 lines up from the bottom, we're going to say, okay, so Rebbe Yachon we understand. We understand their machlokas. We understand that you could see it both ways, right? We've each made our case. You can understand that we've each, that you can see both ways. The question is, what is this machlokas of Averim min Ames, right? Going back to the meat and bone. He, the Etzim What is this case? If it has enough bone, like Kasa'ora, my time be Rabbi Yochanan? Right? Why would Rabbi therefore say that he doesn't shave for touching and carrying it? Don't we know that an Etzim Kasa'ora was always going to, even on its own, even if it didn't have the flesh on it? Right? That's a very good question. Right, that's always when you read the mission. It's like, wait a minute, etzim kisora. Once you learn that that's matame, why do you need any flesh on it? Okay, so maybe you say the the idelays by etzim kisora. Maybe it doesn't have uh, enough bone kisora in order to trigger the hair the hair shave. So, well, if that's the case, my time of the Then why would Lukish say right that it is matame? So that's a that's a puzzling question indeed. So the gemara is going to say. Eight lines up. Really it doesn't have enough bone. But yet, in fact, the Torah itself is in, in the psukim, is going to teach you that's going to be metami Tanya, because we have a Brysa. Now, this Brysa, what does this Brysa do? It takes a pasuk in the Torah. Happens to be test test Tesvav. And the pasuk says, Okay. talks about. The Tumah of Tumas Ohel. Al Pnei right? Uh, as opposed to Tumas Ohel, the kind of, right, it's a, it's a really critical Pasuk. It teaches you Tuma transmission. Now, we're not going to finish this b'risa. This b'risa is very lengthy, and it basically is a b'risa that picks this very Pasuk apart. So we'll just start reading it, and then you can enjoy for, for a whole omah tomorrow basically the analysis of this Pasuk. The b'risa says, Bechol HaSher Higah Al Pnei Right, the pasuk we just quoted and says the brisa al sadeh. The open field is talking about zei amayel. Open amayel. It's talking about ohel bechal zeh avramin achai yishol alos Right, that the chalal means uh, avramin achai that has enough flesh on it to regenerate. So this is where it's going to be the source of machlokas cheriv is kechalal. Right, it means that the, that the sword is like the body. Or b'mayse avram nichlam min amayse corpse means also limb severed from a corpse and. Right, etzam adams, the rovah samos, etzam adams is where you learn the revah samos shita oba kevres, a kevres Or when it says the grave, it's referring to a Kever tzatzim. So all of the, you know, important deriv- derivative ideas therein are in are going to be now analyzed as we arrive in the Dalaram Aleph. right? What does all of this mean? And you're going to have the opportunity of Shabbos to really dig into that pasuk. Everybody have a good Shabbos.